Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Tuesday morning. They are known as America's team, but this morning, America is wondering what in the world has happened to America's team? And that's how we'll start with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on this Tuesday morning. Jay is taking the day off. He will be back with us tomorrow. We are chock full of guests today, including Commissioner Rob Manfred coming your way at 930 Eastern. Of course, the World Series gets underway tonight. First pitch, 809 Eastern pregame coverage on ESPN Radio at 730. Key will get into your Dodgers baseball. Yeah. That could be a great moment and a great start for either Tampa or L.A. throughout the course of the morning. But we're going to start with football. Simply put, the Cowboys inept everywhere, matching their worst loss ever at AT&T Stadium, a 28-point defeat. Their offense was toothless. Their defense was offensive. And at the end of the day, a disappointing performance in the first full game since losing Dak Prescott. Shout out to Jay with the toothless, huh? <laughs> I um, didn't mean that. <laughs> it, 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 I don't even know where to start with the Cowboys other than they're pathetic. Ooh. It's a bad football team, man. I, I just – you try to ride with them as long as you can because they got some talent, and you would hope that the talent – would somehow overcome some of the mistakes, some of the defensive flaws. It just – it's a bad football team. Like, they they stink. Like, really. It's a bad team, man. Arizona took them to the woodshed. Arizona's not the second coming of the 85 Bears. <laughs> like, they're not – you know what I'm saying? They're not like this powerhouse NFL football team. And when you look at it, they did what they were supposed to do. They won the football game, and they did it how, you know, they dialed it up. You can't take anything away from Arizona winning the game, but the Cowboys, it was like that they was just out there sleepwalking. Right before the half, Michael Gallup has an opportunity on a nice strike throw from Andy Dalton. He goes right – he's like he playing receiver. He couldn't even figure out how to get his damn hands together. Like, that's that's not – there's no excuse for that. Like, how many balls – has Michael Gallup caught in his college and pro career, not when he was a kid. I'm just talking about college and pros. How many balls do you think he's caught? Thousands upon thousands. From Colorado State to the Cowboys, I would say thousands upon thousands. He couldn't get his hands right, man. Did you <laughs> see that? It was like, it, it was the weirdest thing ever. He just couldn't get his hands right. Ball goes through, missed opportunity. You know, uh, the fumble by Zeke, on the Buda Baker play, that happens a lot when someone comes and catches you from behind when you're not really aware and you're trying to tuck the ball away. So I give Zeke a little bit of an excuse on that particular one. The second one, I, I'm sure it was playing in his mind, the first one. And you can look at him and see that he was somewhat dejected from those fumbles. And you can look at it and tell he started running out of bounds in the game. Because he, it was in his mind. He was like, I can't afford to fumble. I'm going out of bounds. like, Zeke, put your foot in the ground. Cut back, man. So when you start having those sort of things, that's how bad Dak Prescott is missed. He's missed so bad on that football team from a leadership standpoint. It's ridiculous. It's so funny how things work, though. You know, you always – you try not to make it about you, right, and, and, and when you're playing because you want your teammates and everybody to do well because you're trying to win, and that's – who Dak Prescott character is, but you can't tell me he's not sitting back saying this, so, oh, well. You know, because 
when he was in there, they was fighting constantly, no matter what the situation is. Down by 14, they erased that like that, no problem. Sure. But he's not in there, and Andy Dalton looked like he forgot how to play football. <laughs> like, he looks – and I had him as the probably, depending on who you ask, is probably the best backup in the National Football League. I mean, because you can't have two as a backup because he's really the starter, even though he's learning. You know, and then maybe it's Jameis Winston, and then Marcus Mariota was there. So, so when you start looking around, you're like, well, Andy Dalton has won more games than those guys, so clearly it's Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton looked like he should have been a third-string quarterback. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. We'll talk more about Dalton here in a second, but I want to get back to your major point, the salient point you brought up this morning, which is to say they're going to be without Dak for four to six months, i.e. the rest of the season. And maybe they didn't just realize how much Dak was doing and how integral he really was. Brian Greasy was on the call last night on Monday Night Football. After the game, he and Lewis Riddick, his partner, always appear on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt with their first blush, snap, nudge, snap judgments about the game. And Brian is in lockstep with Key that they miss Dak so much more than they thought they would. I can't put it all at the feet of Andy Dalton, Scott. I anticipated that he would come in and play better. He did not tonight. Now, there were a lot of factors that went into that. Sure. This team broke down because of the lack of leadership on the offensive side. They missed Dak more than they recognized. Ezekiel Elliott, you can't put the ball on the ground two times exactly. in the first half, and now you're down 21 to nothing. Your best players, a.k.a. Zeke Elliott, have to play their best games, and they didn't tonight. Michael Gallup drops a, a touchdown. It was a collective effort from the Cowboys tonight where they go from here Scott it is not an easy answer where they go from here immediately literally speaking is a game against the Washington football team on a short week want to hear from Zeke as well because as much as Brian and Key have talked about Gallup's missteps Ezekiel Elliott became the first non-quarterback this year to fumble on back-to-back carries and Zeke said my bad it's all on me I'm just going to keep saying over and over. Um, I mean, I started the game out with two fumbles, gave the ball away, and that gave them all the momentum that they needed to uh, go and take off. Uh, so, I mean, I was, I want to say I'm sorry, and this one's on me, and um, I need to be better for this team. Once again, short week, Dallas at the Washington football team. We're asking you on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, who deserves more blame for the Cowboys' issues, owner Jerry Jones or first-year head coach, can you believe we're asking this, Mike McCarthy, he, he referenced yesterday the turnovers are an absolute killer. Be a part of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Again, you can hit us up, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Or if you got the phone out, busted out, Key J and Z. More to blame, the owner or the guy that he hired as his head coach. Uh, Dalton kind of came in, rescued them against the Giants. That is whatever it means. It's the Giants. Um, it is maybe one bad game. They're going to have to live with this the rest of the way. Um, do you feel like he could get better? I know you said he looked terrible last night, but... We've seen plenty of guys, including the guy we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, Josh Allen. Everybody has an aberrational performance. Everybody's yeah. off once in a while. Yeah, but last night we watched it as Monday Night Football. So we, we zoomed in on number 14. So it looked even worse because our eyes was only on that game. And it just – I think he could get better. Of course he could get better. Will he get better? It just depends on how – how they put things together for him. The offensive line was somewhat 
you know, pedestrian, decimated to a degree. I mean, when you look at it, he was sacked at times. He was pressured at times. But he looked like he was panicking. And you don't want to see that from a veteran quarterback. It just looked like to me he was like panicked a lot. They got to him on some blitzes. Vance Joseph dialed up some Buda Baker blitzes from the edge, from the inside, from the outside, wherever he can get to him at. And it looked like it spooked him, where he was just like, throw the ball away. Like, step into your throws. Maybe you eat it. But he was just like, seemed like he was quarterbacking with his eyes closed. And as far as the Zeke fumbles go, I've fumbled before, and it hurts. It's a pit in your stomach. You, you feel it's the worst feeling in the world, Zubin, when you fumble and somebody scores. I fumbled against the Minnesota Vikings. I think it was like two plays into the game. Mm-hmm. And somebody punched the ball out from behind. And the next thing you know, they throw a bomb to Randy Moss the next play. It just, it, 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 it didn't feel good. It was one of those deals. And then the rest of the game, I felt like, I catch a ball. I didn't even try to run after catch. I just wanted to hold on to the ball. And that, and you saw that in Zeke. That takes your game away from you some. Fair enough. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Sal Palantonio, who will be here Sal this morning Powell. at 640 to talk about another struggling team in the NFC East, the Eagles. All of our guests, again, on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, Eagles-Giants to open up week seven of the NFL season on a Thursday night. Hopefully they'll open it up better than the Cowboys closed it in their own division as well. We didn't learn much about Arizona other than the fact that we might have to take them a little bit more seriously than we thought. Speaking of the Cardinals, it was a Monday night game years ago where the late, great Dennis Green came to the podium after the game, Chicago, Arizona, and uttered those famous words, they are who we thought they were, slam podium. Then that phrase, they are who we thought they were, could certainly apply to a guy we saw on Monday night as well. That's next. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests in- join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. That includes the Major League Baseball Commissioner 
Rob Manfred. Yes, the World Series begins tonight. Keys Dodgers looking for their first World Series since 1988. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> the Rays looking for their first ever. These are two very interesting teams built by the same man. We'll get into it all throughout the morning, and the commission will join us as well at 9.30 Eastern. Plenty to get to with the World Series, what happens after the World Series, after such an acrimonious offseason. Baseball got going. It's going to finish but then what lies ahead? We'll talk about it all with one of the most Let's powerful men Dodgers. in sports <laughs> at 9.30 Eastern. In the interest of equal time, if there, there's no such thing as raised fans, I think as we've seen over the years, have the raised chant ready to go. Let's talk a little bit about the Bills fans and how they feel about Josh Allen. What a difference three weeks makes, right? First three weeks of the season, Josh Allen is setting NFL records. He's setting some Bills records, but he's also setting NFL records, playing great out of the gate. Bills win their first four games, but the first three He is lights out playing great football. Last three have been a little bit of a different story. Specifically now, two losses for Buffalo in the last six days. The Buffalo Bills hype train had a lot of people hanging off of it. You were never climbing aboard it. What did you see from Josh Allen last night in the first Monday night football game, which was a Buffalo loss to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? You know, it it wasn't that I wasn't on the train. I just am not ready to put a guy who's playing well into a Hall of Fame category and an MVP category just because it's three games into the season. The body of work isn't there. When you start talking about Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson early in the season as potential MVPs, it's because I can go back to a year ago or a year before that or a year before that, and I can see what type of players they are. When you start trying to put the cart before the horse with these dudes – this is what happens. Josh Allen starts to regress some. I mean, you think about last night, at the end of that game, he throws the interception. They had an opportunity, a chance to go down the field. Here it is for the second week in a row, Z. A week ago when they played the Tennessee Titans, one of the first things I said, so national TV, you're really the only game in town. It's a, it's a primetime game. Let's, let's see what you got. What happened? Laid, a, laid an egg, a fat zero, right? Then you say it again this week. You're like, okay, here we go. You're one of two primetime games. Kansas City Chiefs coming to town. You got an opportunity to pop them and pull ahead and show us why you're in that conversation. What happens? Another, another zero. So it's like, okay, is this team really the team that we think they are in the AFC East or is New England going to run away with it again for like the 10th straight time or something like that? Are they going to do that again because the Bills and Josh Allen haven't quite arrived yet? That's the question. You referenced the pick. Daniel Sorensen with a pick late in the game to essentially seal the game for the Chiefs. That's exactly what our Ryan Clark honed in on when he joined Scott Van Pelt after the game on SportsCenter. That particular play, the key reference, the pick that won it for KC, emblematic of why Allen struggled so much. The thing was pre-snap read, indecisiveness in the backfield or in the pocket, and also inaccurate throws. An opportunity for a huge play on a catch and run with nobody covering your running back is missed and also in the zone. He has all the time that he needs to make a throw. They fall back into a 3D zone. He 
takes the pressure, throws a bad ball, and Daniel Sorensen makes a great play. When you want to get a play made, you call on Dirty Dan. This was all set up by Josh Allen throwing in the coverage because he didn't make the right reads and get the ball out of his hands in time. He can't do this. The last two weeks, they've only scored 16 points after that magnificent start that had him in the MVP conversation. Josh Allen has to play better in order for this team to play better. So Ryan referencing exactly what Key said. So it's 16 points against the Titans, 17 last night. So now the question becomes more of a you macro do, one. You do know I didn't call Ryan after the game <laughs> and say, say this. And he didn't call me and say, say that. We see the same damn thing. Yeah. It ain't, you know, it, it, it's right there in front of your eyes. And so when you look at it, missed targets, on throws, the interception, tried to step into it. A little bit of Kansas City's rush was in his face, but he had the opportunity to still find something else. He throws basically into triple coverage. Obviously, it was a great catch by the defensive back with a one-hander to make the interception. But then you go to the other side, Z, you talk about Kansas City. You know, we we watch them, you know, and we look at KC, and we're like, okay, yeah, KC this, KC that. What do I always say, man? You don't have to throw for 500 yards. They rushed for 200 and some yards in the game. They rushed for 200 and some yards. Patrick Mahomes barely threw for 200. Mm-hmm. And they st- but he was efficient. Patrick Mahomes was 21 of 26 for 225, two touchdowns, zero picks. Wow. They rushed for 240 something yards. One guy had 161 alone. So you don't need to throw the ball all over the lot. Your quarterback needs to be efficient and protect the football. And if you do that with great offensive play calling, you'll be fine. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let's get straight to the biggest issue of all if you're a Bills fan. Okay, you've lost two games in six days. The season is not lost because the AFC East lost Tom Brady. The Pats, to your point, have won the division now 11 straight Years. I was Are, one off. Okay. <laughs> always give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Whenever I didn't want to go past, two. I said 10. I didn't want to go to 11. <laughs> so now they're looking for 12. Bottom line, um, that's the big issue here for Buffalo. Are they still in position to win the division? They hit a rough patch. Look, the Pats are two and three. They've hit a rough patch. The other two teams in the division obviously aren't ready to contend, you would think, at this particular point. Straight talk, straight to the point. Can they do it? Can Buffalo still win the division? They can still win the division. There's no question about that. But their goals are bigger than winning the division. It starts with winning the division, but then you still got Cam Newton in New England. I kind of give the New England Patriots a pass on this loss this past weekend. And the reason is I thought the defense played well. They made them kick field goals. But Cam Newton was coming back, and it was it was kind of just weird. The whole situation was weird. Their preparation was weird. So I kind of give them a pass. I know a lot of people out there that, that hate New England won't give them this pass, but I kind of give them a pass. If they come out here this week and lay an egg, then we're having a different conversation. We will see. Key's real rankings, by the way, coming up at 845. I don't think Buffalo is going to be in there, but where will Kansas City be? Will they rise a little bit after that big win? He had them last week below the New Orleans Saints. A lot of people, including the man that's not here this morning, Jay Will, had some issues with that. So where what else is new? would Kansas City find themselves in Keys Real Rankings again at 845? Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. On the way, more NFL talk. There's one person and only one person to blame for everything that's happened to the Eagles. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Subin, the podcast.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the Eagles, they can only look forward to tomorrow and the next day they will kick off the next week of the NFL season Thursday against the Giants. And as strange as it sounds, the winner of that game (laughs) will tie the Dallas Cowboys at the top of the NFC East with two wins as we approach in a couple weeks the midway point of the NFL season, which is just surreal if you think about it for just a second. The Eagles have struggled. There's a million people you could blame for sure. Who is it on, though, really? Uh, You got to look at the quarterback. There's no question. He's the guy that get, makes all the money. He gets the praise when they win. He's got to get the he's got to get the fallout when they lose. I mean, that's just it. You, you look at it. Yeah, he didn't throw a pick this past week. They lost to the Ravens, which is a tough opponent. But at the end, he still is the guy who's supposed to be the guy who's supposed to be the guy who leads them away. I mean, all of those sort of narratives that was being set by so many different people at the beginning of the season. Carson Wentz, man, he played lights out at the end of the season and this, that, and the other prior to him getting hurt. And now look at it. You can point the finger at the head coach and say the offensive line and you can say the wide receivers, but if you're paying a guy $100-plus plus million to be the quarterback, he's supposed to elevate everybody else around. Damn that, right? I mean, that guy is supposed to elevate everybody else if it's a lack of talent that you're supposed to take that talent and raise it. I'm watching Aaron Rodgers do it at times where he didn't have any receivers. That was big name guys out there. He was making, turning them into big name guys, undrafted tight ends out of Indiana state. Mm-hmm. I don't even know the dude name anymore. Mm-hmm. I knew his name two weeks ago. Right. But it's it, so when I look at it, of course it's Carson Wentz. Of course. Now, the separation here is, and if there's any bright spot, I was in the commercial break, I knew we were going to talk about this. Is there anything possible that Eagles fans could look forward to and say, look, Wentz has really struggled. If you watch that game against the Ravens, I mean, just every single play, relentless with the Ravens defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, just dialing up blitzes, knowing the Eagles' offensive line is as decimated as Dallas's offensive line. And we'll get back to some Cowboy conversation coming up at 8 a.m. There's so much to unpack after what happened. But in the division, here's the silver lining I can come to, and then we're going to get a real heated comment about Carson Wentz. Stay tuned for that. That's in 45 seconds. But i got to mention, if there's any bright light, the next three games for the Eagles, even though they sit right now with just one win right now this season. They got the Giants on Thursday. Winnable. Yeah. Right? Very winnable. Next up, they host the Cowboys. Winnable. Winnable. Very winnable. Then they go to the Giants. Winnable. Winnable. Yeah. So you would think that could get them right back into the division stead here over they're the next They're in the division. Right. They're, they're one game out of first place. Right. So if you're looking for a silver lining, it could be there. Yeah. If, if you think you can win the division, go for it. Right? Go get it. I don't think whoever comes out of this division is going to make any noise in the playoffs anyway. So, yeah, they can win a division. 
But the, winning the division isn't the goal. The goal is to get to the Super Bowl. They can win the division, and they're not. They're probably gonna get bounced in the first round. You would think the NFC participant, whoever it is, the NFC East participant, whoever it is, the division winner, likely will have that fate. Now, Dan Orlovsky, who has been a huge supporter of Carson Wentz, Dan uh, played 12 years in the NFL as a quarterback, is an ESPN NFL analyst, and our own Max Kellerman from ESPN Radio and ESPN's First Take, they got into, (laughs) if the Eagles were only this heated and competitive on the field, it would be something. These two guys went at it on how much blame Carson Wentz deserves on the Eagles' nosedive. We'll hear it from should, it real quick. What should I want? turn down my volume? <laughs> you should turn, turn down your volume, <laughs> listen to this, and then Eagles chatter with Sal Palantonio in three minutes. We should ignore all the bad things and just focus on the things that weren't Wentz's fault, right? Is no, that what we you're can saying? look at the whole picture. Carson Wentz is a very tough and talented quarterback who has been underperforming his contract for a year and a half now. He's played the past two weeks. He's played the number one defense in the NFL, the number two defense in the NFL. And bad situational football. Matt and they've scored, they scored 57 points versus the one and well, two defense in the NFL. With, you, fall down, you fall way behind in the game. You with throw it absolutely no one yeah. playing. Guys, calm down. <laughs> I don't think you can put that on What him. gave them a what pulse yesterday? The quarterback. Jalen Hurts gave him a pulse. God That's bless what America. gave him a pulse. Jalen Hurts. With, yeah, Jalen Hurts. I can't escape the irony of Stephen A. Smith asking somebody to calm down. I mean, I did that, that, that just sort of hit me. By the way, the contract that uh, Max was referring to, Key, signed last year, four-year extension, $128 million. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. To give that type of performances that he's been giving. Yeah, 57 points in the last two weeks, so what? Okay, number one defense, number two defense. We can find any situation to set it up across the board for any NFL football team and player that we choose to do. We can find it. He did this. Oh, look at that. He he was able to run the ball over here, but the reason he didn't do it, you can do all that. That's called cute to me. That's a little cute game that people like to play. Well, he scored 57 points in the last two weeks against the top one and two defense. Okay, that's cool. What about that throw? What about the fact that they're behind all the time and he's got to throw the ball and defenses soften up so they score points? And then when the defense starts to close it, close it again, he struggles. What about that? What about those interceptions that he's been throwing in games? What about that two-point conversion against the Baltimore Ravens? Those are the sort of things that you look at. You don't look at the statistical bottom line. And that's what drives me nuts about people when they start to analyze football. The first thing they do is they go to the stat line. Mm-hmm. Go to your damn eyes mm-hmm. and stop always looking at the statistics. We become a numbers-obsessed society. I know. It's not something you love. It, it, because it's false. And I've said that about my own career when I talk to people. Yes, I can go no catches for the first quarter and a half and get into the two-minute drill and catch five for 35. Then I can catch nothing in the second half and have – at the end of the game, in a two-minute situation, again, I can have six for 140 in a touchdown. Put them together, and first thing you do is, well, you had a great day. The statistics, look at Keyshawn had 160-something yards of the touchdown on nine ca- You know, it's like, come on, man, stop. That's fair. Not all catches are created equal. Did that one win the game, or did that move the sticks exactly. midway through the first quarter? Exactly. That's the important part, not no damn numbers. 
Fair enough. It's a great argument. Let's go right to the Shell Pennzoil performance line and welcome in Sal Palantonio to talk more Eagles again, Eagles Giants to kick off the next week of the NFL season. That's coming in a couple days. Sal has been with the Eagles and has covered them for decades and, of course, is the host of the NFL matchup show, the best X's and O's show on television if you are really interested in a deep dive. Sal, good morning. Simply put, the biggest issue with the Eagles right now is? Oh, the play of the quarterback. There's no question about that. I totally agree with Key. You know, I I, I love the way Zubin says Sal Powell's been covering the, the Eagles for decades. You always have to bring that up, Zubin. It's decades. <laughs> it's just uh, to accentuate I mean, your experience. <laughs> I, let's put it this way. I've been covering the Eagles since Keyshawn was with the Dorsey Dons, okay? Remember that? Remember the, oh, yeah. Back in the day. Back in the day, Keyshawn. No, so, but uh, here's the thing. You know, we watch football. And uh, we watch a lot of tape on the NFL matchup show. And we don't even have to watch a lot of tape. All you have to do is watch the two Monday night games last night. And when you watch the two Monday night games last night, three of the four quarterbacks were dual threat quarterbacks. Three of the four. The two quarterbacks that won the game were dual threat quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray. And the Eagles have a dual threat quarterback on the roster. His name is Jalen Hurts. They drafted him in the second round. Now, right now, they're using him in so-called X plays, gadget plays, and that's good. They need to get him on the field more. They need to get him on the field more. Why? Because all you have to do is look at the decimated offensive line. The Eagles have an absolute problem with pressure right now. Carson Wentz is getting brutalized. It's not Carson Wentz's fault. No, it is. The problem is they can't get any good quarterback play because he's a sitting duck. He's a target. Now, I'm watching a game on Sunday from the press box, glass enclosed, and the right tackle, Jack Driscoll, the rookie, goes out. Now, he's the second right tackle because Lane Johnson's already out with an ankle injury. So they put in a guy named Brett Toth. Now, like I said, I've been covering the team since Keyshawn was in high school, and I didn't know who Brett Toth was. So I look up Brett Toth. He is a part-time instructor, ROTC instructor at Arizona State, who just graduated from West Point. I look at his picture. He looks like a nice young man. He's handsome from West Point, got a nice haircut. But guess what, Key? He's not a starting right tackle in the National Football League. That's not part of his job description. He's the guy you put in to the, in the fourth preseason game. Uh, as a backup. And it, maybe at some point in his career, he'll be an, a, a starting right tackle. So, so let me finish the story, because this is very indicative of the quarterback problem that the Eagles have. So Brett Toth takes the field as a right tackle against the Baltimore Ravens. And there's the corner lining up on his right shoulder. Now, that corner is not there as a welcoming committee. He's not going to reach across the line of scrimmage and welcome young Brett Toth to the National Football League. He's going to blitz. Mm-hmm. Do you know why I know that? because the Ravens lead the league in corner blitzes, and they lead the league in DB sacks. They lead the league in blitzing. They lead the league in blitzing so much that if it holds up, they will lead the league in blitzing for the last 15 years. And they blitz off of Brett Toth, and that DB takes Carson Wentz's head off, takes his lunch money, sacks him, And to me, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, okay, you put Brett Toth into the football game. You don't give him any help. 
Where is the coaching staff lining up somebody to chip to help young Brett talk? Where is the quarterback saying, uh, uno momento, hold on, time out. We have the wrong protection here. I'm about to get my head taken off by this DB. None of that happens. So uh, to me, this, this team needs Jalen Hurts mm. as, as a diversion, if nothing else, to create a different look for the defenses. And when he was in there, Key, when he was in there against the Ravens, that's exactly what he did. He created a different look. He created some energy. He needs to be on the field on Thursday night. I'm saying 25, 30 snaps, not 7 to 10. Wow. 25, 30 snaps. All right, I'll go 15, 20 snaps on the field. Don't you agree with me? I, the, the, the problem, I, it's so funny because I just got chills in my body when you said 25 snaps. The, the thing that concerns me the most about that, Sal, and you know how coaches are, they get afraid to put a guy in like Jalen Hurts when they got a big money guy like Carson Wentz, and all of a sudden, them 15 snaps increase to 20, and them 20 increase to 25, and the players start to rally around that. Now you got a major quarterback issue that you didn't want to have. So my question to you, uh, Sal, being down there covering them since I was in high school, or better be even elementary, um, <laughs> Hey, Dude, but wait a minute. You like I picked out the Dorsey Dons, right? Oh, now. yeah. Come on. No, yeah. Right, you, come on you, you've been holding that one in your back pocket for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's my high school, Z, just in case you gotcha. wanted to know. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. S- Susan Dorsey High School. I, come on now. I, I, know, I know your history, Keyshawn. Come on. <laughs> so let me ask you this, though, Sal. It, do you think it plays in the mind of Doug Peterson the what if effect? It gets to the what if effect, much like Lamar Jackson. With Flacco, even though they wanted to move on from Flacco, once they made the decision that that was the guy, the rest was history. I don't think that that's the case. And I know Doug Peterson very well. We live in the same town. We text and talk all the time. I don't think that's the case at all. I think he just believes in Carson Wentz. I do. And I do believe that he likes the fact that Jalen Hurts is on the team and they want to use him more as a Taysom Hill kind of a player. He doesn't want to take Carson off the field and put Jalen Hurts on. He wants them on the field at the same time. I think that's what he wants to do. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So we will see how the Eagles rebound. They're going to have just a couple of days to get there. And the Giants are coming off their first win in the Joe Judge era. So it'll be interesting from a couple of different ways. And with what happened to the Cowboys last night, it's a division that's completely up for oh, yeah. grabs right <laughs> here. Not even halfway through the season with two wins. The hot Giants. The hot beating yeah. for two well, in a row. <laughs> NFC East right now, winning percentage of 229. And guess what? I got this from Evan Kaplan, great Evan Kaplan of ESPN Stats and Information via the Elias Sports Bureau. This is the first time in NFL history we are going into week seven with 10 teams, 10, nearly a third of the NFL with either one or zero win. Wow. That says it all. That's a mic drop moment from Sal Palantonio, courtesy of our man Evan Kaplan, one of the biggest Giant fans I know. It must have pained him to come up with that research, but that is a stat that tells you everything you need to know about this division. Sal, thanks for joining us this morning. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Sal. You got it. All right.
Once again, check him out on the Matchup Show. And Sal joined us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. Gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof's in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Yeah, Sal, so funny. He, dug, he, dug, he had that high school in his back pocket for a long time. Good high school, though. Chili Davis, Sparky Anderson. Oh, a little baseball yeah. there for you. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk a little baseball here in a second, a little MLB, but first a little A to Z. Ah, from A to Z with a little change on the GPS brought to you by Redbox. Now available at Redbox, the edge of your seat action thriller that can't be missed. Rent Ava, starring Jessica Chastain. Visit Redbox.com for all the ways to watch. We got more golf for a good cause, Key. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's a little bit busy, so he's not going to be able to participate in this one, it'll be Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley. We're going to have to give Mickelson uh, <laughs> some help here. Take it on Steph Curry and Peyton Manning in a charity golf match. It's called the Match Champions for Change, November 27th at Stone Canyon Golf Club in Oro Valley, Arizona. That's why we started from A to Z in Phoenix. And a great cause key. All of the money will benefit historically black colleges and university. So Mickelson and Barkley, Curry and Manning with Tom Brady, maybe watching on his phone if he gets a few minutes to peek out after the uh, matchup later in the season. So it'll be fun. November 27th. NFL injuries. We talked so much about the Eagles. Here's one more Eagles note you need to know. Zach Ertz expected to miss three to four weeks. Running back Miles Sanders is out. They'll take on the Giants in a couple days. The offensive line is already decimated. And again, the winner of this game will end up being in first place in a tie with the two-win Dallas Cowboys. The 49ers' great running back Raheem Mostert has a high ankle sprain. You might remember Mostert was the breakout star of the playoffs for the 49ers, renegotiated his deal. He's likely headed to IR. But remember, this year IR is just a minimum of three weeks. High ankle sprain could be back soon enough. And the World Series tonight. Clayton Kershaw in Game 1 will toe the rubber for Keys Dodgers against Tyler Glass now. At the brand new home. We're going to turn him into glass for sure. (laughs) We'll see if that glass will shatter or maybe the Rays will shatter the glass ceiling and win their first World Series. It'll be played at the brand new home of the Texas Rangers Globe Life Field. Expect uh, about 12,000 fans or so in attendance. And as you know, it has been a tale of two different halves for Clayton Kershaw. Regular season is dominant as dominant gets. Postseason mm. hasn't certainly been that way. Obviously, most of the Dodger defenders would tell you when you take on somebody in the postseason, the quality of competition certainly ratchets up. World Series, game one tonight, pregame coverage, ESPN Radio, 730 Eastern, and every single night that we have the World Series, every ball, every strike, pregame radio, 730 Eastern. All right, just Yeah, his put, ERA in the, in the World Series is not very good. I think not, it's like five or something. 5.40 yeah. in the World Series, which is not going to bring it, it down to, tonight, though. We'll bring see. It down. We'll see. The That's Rays, the plan. <laughs> the Rays have some guys you've never heard of, but by this time tomorrow, that certainly may change, including the great rookie Randy Rosarena. If you see him tonight, he has had one of the greatest splashes onto the postseason scene we have seen in many years. All right, so put your Dodger cap, your fan cap on, literally and figuratively. What are you thinking tonight? One of the biggest moments in the managerial career of Dave Roberts, who's been feeling the strain, I think, since day one. Yeah, we, we, first of all, it's going to start with the pitching. Right. Kershaw has to come out and he has to deal and we have to back him up and support him with runs. The last several outings for him, we really haven't done anything with our bats for whatever reason. That's the struggling part of it. If you remember several days ago, I had Mark Teixeira on our show. Yep. We had Mark Teixeira on our show. And, and that was a question I asked him about 
the pressure of a pitcher in those innings. You get to the fifth, sixth inning, and you're still battling in a 1-0, 2-1 situation. We've got to give him some room to play with. And I think it starts with him on the mound, but also with our bats. The guys like Bellinger, even though something may be a little wrong with his shoulder, you got to hope that a guy like that comes through and JT and Seager stays hot. That way we can get some runs. And now Kershaw can relax at the mound and pitch like he's capable of pitching. Can you appreciate the fact that even though the Dodgers have the second highest payroll and the Rays have the 28th highest payroll. You like at, that, huh? At $28 million, their so highest cheap. paid player. <laughs> Do you appreciate the fact that they, they, are, they are? They're frugal. They're but you talk about their payroll all the time, though. <laughs> That's the first thing you go to when you talk about the Rays is the payroll. It's right. like, we're saving money over here. You can still accomplish a championship, which you can you got to tip your cap to them. As a former pro yeah. athlete that's played in a variety of organizations with a variety of different approaches, the fact that they're at this stage for the second time in franchise history, utilizing the exact same plan. Let's spend less and win more. And, and that plan works for the Rays. And, and Andrew Freeman certainly put that plan in place for them. And they've taken over and they've done well with it. The Dodgers aren't doing that, though. Andrew Friedman is the guy that's leading the Dodgers, essentially got the job because he put the Rays in such great position in his tenure there from 2006 to 2014, four playoff appearances, two division titles, and now he wants to do as much as he can to make sure he can squash that Rays team he built and the culture he formed. Still to come, our NFL insider, two head coaches already fired. Who could be next? Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. 